Hi, and welcome to the She's a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Louise, and this podcast is going to be brought to you every single week. If you're a Christian and you're looking for some great community, then we hope that this podcast makes you feel like you've nipped round to your pal's house for a cup of tea and a chinwag, and that you go away feeling even more excited and more aware of God's goodness, his love for you, and his protection over you. If you aren't a Christian, or you know some Christians, but they're a bit weird, maybe you're not even sure that God exists, maybe you're seeking, then this is a great place for you too. Come along, tune in, and we hope that you go away feeling encouraged and uplifted, hearing testimonies of goodness from people from all walks of life. Tune in, I don't really know what I'm doing, but does anyone, and let's do this together. Hi, welcome on to season one, episode five, and today I'm speaking to Joanne Bonnet. Joanne is a lady that I've known for about a decade now and she's really become such a special friend in my life but I also feel like someone that I just look up to that is a mentor in my life as well and I could not be happier to welcome her onto this podcast today. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Joanne. So she lives in Surrey with her husband Tim. They have two sons who are 23 and 26. Joanne is actively involved in her local church. She is in the praise band and she leads services as well. In terms of professional background, Joanne came from a corporate career in the world of marketing to winning global awards in a wellness business. She has since branched off and launched another one of her own businesses in the world of personalities, more notably the Enneagram. So if anyone's not done that, definitely check it out. And I'll be talking a little bit about how you can go back to Joanne to explore that further at the end of this podcast. Or if you have done the Enneagram, you might be sitting there nodding along because you know what your results were. She has always been fascinated by what makes people tick. And her work now through the Enneagram, which she uses to help corporations and individuals, empowers people, especially women, to embrace just being themselves in business and in life and never underestimating the power of just being yourself. So during 2020, she surprised herself and others by ditching the dye. And by that, I mean hair dye. And I'll probably go ahead and say she had no choice in the matter because her hairdresser wasn't allowed anywhere near her. So she embraced, or should I say, maybe she felt like, right, I'm just going to embrace this, the, her journey to going silver. And in doing so has found a huge community of women on Instagram who call themselves the Silver Sisters. So turns out it's a thing. And she's having great fun doing this. And there's a much deeper meaning that goes behind this. But essentially, Joanne is all about sharing messages of positivity around well-being, aging, aging well, midlife. The thing that she wants to share with you today is one of her favorite quotes, and that is, be who you were created to be. So be who God made you to be, and you will set the world alight. So with that being said, welcome to Joanne onto this podcast today. Hello. Hi Louise, oh, it's so lovely to be here and thank you so much for asking me. Um, I'm just feeling a little bit humbled by you saying that you see me as a mentor because I think it's very much a two-way thing. I think we've just grown and learned together and um, and you inspire me every day as well. So yeah, it's lovely to be here. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Joanne. You really are a mentor and I as well just want to say at the start of this podcast, I was like, can you hear my baby crying in the background and he's not normally crying and I feel really stressed. And I said, I'm going to go ahead and press record. And you said, let's just pray. And you prayed and you just rerouted us in Christ and reminded me, it's not about me and you. It's not about what's going on behind us or around us or in the background. 
this entire podcast is about allowing Jesus to use us for his glory and sharing with anyone that this podcast, you know, comes across the path of the good news of Jesus. So thank you so much for taking away the stress and anxiety that I brought to this call um, and the, the nervousness and just resetting us with a proper foundation and a proper mindset. Oh, you're welcome. And that's why I always call you my mentor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a bit further on in that journey. As you said, you know, my boys are 23 and 26 <laughs> and I've been there in the weeds with the littlies and, and trying to juggle all the things and work from home and, and not work from home. I've done the, you know, the commuting and the stressful corporate stuff, working for myself, which brings different stresses and juggling that around family life and just trying to find something where there was a balance. I think balance can be very overrated, but I know I, I, I feel where you are right now. You're not always going to be there with a crying baby in the background. Um, and I, 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 don't want to be patronizing and say enjoy it while it lasts because <laughs> because it's easy to say that but actually you know what it does go quickly yeah. was it they say that the years are the days are long but the years are short <laughs> definitely I know and he's such a gorgeous wee boy and how blessed am I that I get a life where I can do projects like this and you know you you know about my work <laughs> as yeah. well as anyone I can choose my own hours so you're absolutely right but tell our listeners today a wee bit about how you became a Christian and when yeah well I've listened to all your episodes avidly so far and I think I may be the first one on here that would say I did not grow up in a Christian home um I did not grow up going to church regularly or Sunday school regularly um and it you know talking about God Jesus that faith world was just not something that was part of my experience growing up until until I was actually getting married so um when I was 26 so I did grow up in a family where we moved a lot. You know, I went to nine different schools on three different continents, moved a lot when I was very young. Um, and my mum and dad, uh, my, my dad really had very little, if any, church experience at, at all growing up. My mum was a farmer's daughter from the northeast of England, from Durham, um, and they went to church. But I think they very much went to church because it was the thing to do, because in the village, the farmer would need to go to the to church with his family. Um, so my mum had an understanding, but it was very much, you know, church as a thing you had to do on Sunday. And it was like quite dull. Um, I also grew up in, when I was in the UK, obviously church um, was not necessarily a thing, although I did occasionally, there was a period of my life I went to a Sunday school. Um, and Mum and dad used to drop my sister and I at Sunday school on a Sunday morning at a church and I used to absolutely love it. And then they would go home and they would use that couple of hours on a Sunday morning as their special me time together. <laughs> and when I was grown up, she actually admitted that. Oh my word. <laughs> but but that that was the thing. So I then so I did have periods looking back through my life where I really, I, you know, in hindsight, Jesus was always there. There was always mm -hmm. this sense of there's something else, there's something more. And I was that little girl that used to, you know, write poems and write stories and have this awareness that there is something 
magical or wonderful or something else in this world that I couldn't explain. Um, and when I was getting married to my husband, Tim, of course, uh, we were living together, you know, so we had met. Um, he was not a Christian. And I always say this is still not yet a Christian, um, despite us having been together for over 30 years. Um, and he's the most wonderful man. But yes, um, I can vouch for that. There will be some people. Yeah, there'll be some people listening to that. And this is this might be their journey as well. that yeah. they Maybe don't have a Christian partner. Anyway, we were getting married. And honestly, Tim said, why do we want to get married if it was today and thank goodness it wasn't today i would have probably mm -hmm. been the person that said let's pick a really beautiful venue that we can get everyone together in one venue keep it easy get married in a non-religious sort of civil ceremony at a beautiful venue and have a really big party um, yeah. so we can make it a lovely event but back when we were married that wasn't an option you either got married in the registry office or in the local church um, mm -hmm. and we picked the church near us um, I'd said, I'm not religious um, and neither are you. So it feels hypocritical to get married in the church. So we could just get the registry office thing. Um, and Tim said, you might not be religious, but you're an absolute drama queen and you'll want the whole white dress full, <laughs> full drama event thing. And let's do this thing properly. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So we found the nicest looking church in the local area. And let me just say. I think we were going to see the nicest looking priest. Sorry to cut you off there. I thought you were going to say we found the nicest looking <laughs> No, no, we were married by a woman, actually. A wonderful woman oh, called really? Bonnie. She was fantastic, yeah. Was she Bonnie? She was Bonnie. She's Yeah, she was the curate at the time who married us. And, uh, and there's so many things that just came together. But anyway, one of the things that this church did, they said, absolutely, we're happy to marry you. You live in the parish. We were living together. They weren't judgy, judgy. It's the church, local Church of England church. Um but they did want us to go on a marriage preparation course. And this is coming to how I became Christian. So wanted us to do marriage preparation courses, which we did. Um, and they were really, really valuable. They were, you know, we were writing letters to each other about what we were expecting or hoping from our future selves. And we talked about all those big things like having children, having families and, and work and, and just so many different aspects of who we were. It was brilliant. But what we also did um, was... It made me curious to start going to the church on the Sunday mornings because they were going to read my name out in public, which is reading the bans of marriage. And I got chatting every time I went to this lovely lady, Jill, who was hosting our marriage preparation class. And one day in church, I just said to her, Jill, I'm really, really concerned. I'm so conscious that we're going to stand in a few weeks time at the front of this church and say all these vows to one another for the rest of our lives. And I have no issue with that. I know that this is my soulmate for the rest of my life. So far, so good. <laughs> and, um, I said, but we're saying all these vows in the name of God, in the presence of God, in the sight of God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And he's going to know. He's just going to know that in my heart, it's not true, that I don't mean it, that I'm not... I'm not a believer that, you know, that this is just us doing this for another reason. And I just, I have this fear that I'm going to be struck down at the altar and that everyone's going to sort of say, oh, well, there was that Joanne saying all this stuff in the name of God. And she didn't really mean a word of it. And Jill just said this really, really simple thing. And this is, this is like the speed of my absolute becoming a Christian was she said, 
who is going to hear you, Joanne? And I said, who's going to know that you're saying this stuff, but you don't believe in? And she said, who's going to know that? And I said, well, God. And she just said, what, the God that you don't believe in? And I, and I just said these, I said, no, the God that I have always known is with me. The God that is part of everything. Um, I'm getting emotional as I say it because and I've always just had this deep inner sense that he's with me. And that was it. That was it. And it took the, the journey went from there. And, I, you know, I still get emotional when I talk about that. And it's like 29 years ago. But it's taken me on this journey of recognizing you know, a lot of people become Christians or do an alpha course. I did the alpha course and it's very one of its very early days. And I've since led several alpha courses as well. Um, but in its early days, a lot of what they talk about is the evidence for Christian Christianity, yeah. the evidence that Jesus exists. Why is he real? Why is it relevant? Why is it true? And it's kind of making this rational argument as to why the evidence is there, which it is for Jesus. Um, and then people, it's almost, are you able to make that leap of faith? You know, this is where the Holy Spirit comes in, that leap of faith into believing that this Jesus was the son of God and therefore how magnificent and, and the magnitude of how huge that is and the impact it has. So, yeah, but I had it the other way around. It's like, I know that Jesus is God. I have this sense and this feeling of this belief in God and always being with me. So I almost had to reverse engineer it to go, so who is he? What was he? What was the stories? All those things from school and that random time in Sunday school, you know, backfilling that information to make it real. So I still have this sense sometimes when I'm at church and people will go, oh, you remember that song from what you sang when we were kids or these things from the 1980s or the 70s or something. And I'm like, no, that was not part of my experience. And my Bible, yeah. you know, I never did the learning the Bible verses. And so I, I, I'm still hungry for the kind of, where was that scripture from? And what did that mean? And how do I relate that? So it was, it was a big change. But, you know, there was a lot of great stuff has come out of that. Obviously, my faith, we've had our two children who've grown up within that church environment um they're both on different journeys <laughs> at different um, places at the moment um but also that you know a few couple of years later my dad died very young actually i had a i had a baby at the time my first baby was nine months old but through that journey i was able to um a have the comfort of my faith Although I think it's often a simplification to go when you face hard things, oh, it's going to be easier because you've got your faith. I don't know how people get through it without it, but it doesn't always make it easy. Um, but when my dad died through that process, actually, I was able to share my story and what I believe with a whole family and friends and wider people, um, actually at Daniel's baptism, which was not long before my dad passed. Um, and from that my mum started coming to church with me more regularly and she rediscovered this really wonderful faith um that had been dormant in her since she was a little girl um yeah and so yeah so there was there were all sorts of just different steps on the way and that's how I became a Christian <laughs> yeah. yeah I love that you're saying about like the dormant faith because yeah. it's almost as if 
you're saying you didn't grow up a Christian, but you had, you know, you weren't walking in this live relationship with Jesus, mm -hmm. but you'd been into church and those seeds had been planted. So you'd always have, you're never an atheist, right? You're always aware there was something bigger. Yes. And it just took that lady and thank goodness she had that moment of logic and reason. And although you say it wasn't a kind of evidence-based thing, in a way, it was a very logical way for her to say, but you wouldn't be panicking about a God yeah. listening to you if there wasn't a God. So if there is a God that you believe in, then you believe in God. Like, yeah, yeah, thank yeah. goodness she was there in that moment yeah. to almost waken you up. Oh, and I, oh, yeah. I think maybe there's a sense of, it wasn't I would never have said I don't believe because I always knew there was something yeah. I believed in but I didn't know what it was and and I do yeah. think that's a comment for you know today or recent years I see this so often there are so many people who will talk about spirituality and being very spiritual having a sense in something greater themselves than themselves we hear of course people talk about the universe and and yeah. I, I get that People are seeking, people have this understanding yeah. that there is something greater than themselves. Many people do. Um, and it always astonishes me how few people would choose to explore that sort of heart wow. tug by by visiting a church or going into a church and looking at their things. And it, it does both things. On one hand, it astonishes me that they wouldn't think of that as an option. Um, and on the other hand, I can see why there are a lot of people who would be quite nervous or wary of going into a church because there are yeah. so many loaded preconceived ideas. And that's why I love what you yeah. talk about here about not being, you know, the judgy, <laughs> holier than thou, goody two shoes. You know, that's not yeah. what I discovered. I discovered a very real, yeah. relatable way to express yeah. and explore yeah. my, my spirituality. It's funny that you say that about not exploring further because you see it everywhere you know if you know when you look at social media and someone's died all the comments under the status update is praying for you praying for you hands together i'll be praying for you um you know people say these things so they're either lying and they're empty words and it's just like a cheap anecdote mm. right um or they actually are praying in which case you're like what, what are you mm. praying to? And if that thing that you're praying to has the ability to heal the person that you're praying for or send some peace the way of the person you're mm. praying for, surely that's worth an hour of your time to scratch the surface of that yeah. a bit more, yeah. right? And as you say, whether that's dig out a podcast or go on YouTube, or I don't even think it has to be walking mm. into a church, but you do wonder why more people don't dig a bit further into this power yeah and i think the alpha course has been so good um for being able to give people a really safe place to explore that so i mean i guess that would be if i know we don't have takeaways and calls to action on the podcast but that would be something like if yeah if you're if you're curious check out alpha you know you can probably put a link in the in the mm -hmm. notes or something about that because it's a really good way and, and they can be done online as well now since since lockdown as well yeah. you could just watch an intro video and sometimes it's just starting to ask some of the questions that people are often already asking themselves and looking at yeah. what if there is a really incredible relationship in this 
prayer that you're not just praying out to this vast expanse of nothingness but you're praying out to a deeply connected loving something and someone um yeah who hears you and that was my experience do you think people perhaps don't as you say walk into a church which i don't always necessarily think is a good thing i think some churches you can walk into would perhaps make you close the door mm-hmm. on christianity and say if that's what christianity is sack this right yeah yeah we know that churches can be a hotbed of religion because they're made up of humans right and people but also i think of the church i go to and i love the church i go to they can also be the the other end but do you think that people don't explore this further or scratch that if, itch if you like because they think well i'm gonna have to jump through a lot of hoops or what's on the other side of that like what are the kind of rules around that if i want to be someone that prays to god if i want to be like one of those christians like what will i have to do i think it's the unknown yeah what am i signing up to what the heck am i signing up to i think it's the unknown isn't it like okay fine there is a god what comes now because they think well now you're gonna have to wear ugly clothes (laughs) and you have to be a boring person and go and sit in a church which is really boring and all the joy in your life will be sucked out and and i i think it's it's interesting because one of the experiences i did have when i look back and i go there i can almost feel like these times in my life and i'll give you one specific example where even though i wasn't necessarily hadn't opened the door and welcomed Jesus into my life he was still there loving me looking after me and one example is when I was at university and I was I was in a play I was doing something for the National Student Drama Festival which was great fun and one of the girls that was it was a very small play and one of the girls in it was called Jo Adams and I've tried to catch up with her and I don't know where she is I would love to reconnect with her because I don't know that she ever would know the journey that she started with me in that I was due to go to a party that evening and I was talking to Joan she'd said we were chatting about this party that I was going to go to and she just sort of I remember her this change in her face and she just sort of stopped very suddenly and said oh that's a real shame I'm on my own tonight and I was going to ask if you want to come over and have dinner with me and stay at mine for a little sleepover which she'd never done that before we weren't that close as friends um yeah. so I mean, yeah, okay. uh, uh, oh and and then she was so earnest about it and it was such a warm thing that I was like yeah okay well okay I'll do that instead then and I I went to her house and I stayed with her and we had the most beautiful evening and I learned more about her and I learned you know she talked about the fact she was a Christian and her dad was a vicar and and it was all very interesting we had this most beautiful conversation about just how much fun it was knowing Jesus and and she was just the most fun vibrant lovely woman that I knew ever knew and she said to me, she said, you're going to think I'm utterly weird. Honestly, if you could ever meet this woman, you would just adore her. She said, you're going to think I'm What's her name? Louise. Uh, sorry, Joe jo Adams was her name. Let's search for her. We should find her. She's probably met. Joe Adams. Yes. Her name's probably different now, her isn't it? Her dad was a vicar in, oh, where was it? Runcorn or somewhere like that? I don't know. Anyway. Let's find her. Anyway. She was at Hull University <laughs> on the course with me. Anyway, um, she... She basically, we talked about things and she just said, she said, you're going to think I'm really weird, but 
I just had this really bad feeling when you said about this party tonight and I just had this real sense from Jesus saying, get her out of there. <laughs> and she said, which is why I invited you over. And she said, I have no idea whether this is anything. She said, anyway, we had a great evening. And she said, do you want to come to church with me in the morning? And I, did, and I did. And it was the first time I'd ever been to a church. It was in a school hall. So it wasn't a church building. And they sang these most incredible songs. It was full of joy and people were dancing. It was very colourful and there was no sort of rules and things like this. And I went to this church with her, had the most amazing time. And when I got back home, it turned out the party that was the night before had ended up being raided by the police. There was all sorts of drug stuff going down there. It was people were arrested. There were fights. It was a really, you know, there was all sorts of stuff went down and I hadn't expected that at all. Obviously, I wouldn't, you know, it wasn't what I was expecting. So Joe just had this real sense of Jesus told me to get you out of there. And in retrospect, when I became a Christian, there were so many little examples going back of going, wow, you know, look at how he's looked after me. And obviously there's hard stuff that we have as well. And that's where people have questions and they go, well, did he look after me then? And was he looking after my friend or my dad or my this or my that, you know, but I think we just, we just don't know. We don't know the big picture and the jigsaw until we finally meet him in heaven and, and spend eternity there. But I'm really very clear of the times where I knew that Jesus had this loving protection and kindness in my life, even before I knew he was there. So that was one of those little examples. Oh, anyway, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> find her. But up to the modern day, you've had such a, a fun career yeah. so far. And we obviously know each other through yeah. our work yeah. with Arbonne International. And that's been amazing because through that, we've been able to get together at every conference, well, not every conference, yeah. but so many conferences and have a word of prayer and just get together and just build quite a community yeah. of believers, actually, within the, the company, which has been a wonderful thing. Um, but like most people in our industry in Arbonne, they have the ability to then start other passion projects because mm. it's not something that takes up all your time. And you've got another business that runs alongside now to do with the Enneagram personality yeah. test. And it's really, it's really taken off amazingly for you, Joanne. But tell me, or tell us a wee bit about that. And did that come before the Silver Sisters journey during or after and are they linked at all? There's a connection um, and my album business is still something I'm really passionate about. It's really important to me still and and thank goodness because I've been working this for quite a long time. It was um, the way that I, I was able to get out of my corporate career and build this business around my children and you know that's a whole other story and it became you know it was a huge success because as we know when you work at something things work. Um, so we did work, I did work hard at that. And it still is a business that I love. Um, but in that, having a big global team and lots of people and different personalities, um, I was always really fascinated by what makes people who they are, how they respond to things, what motivates or incentivizes different people in different ways. Um, and I kept listening to podcasts. I love podcasts. I love reading, personal development books. And some of the Americans I was listening to um, started talking about things like the Enneagram. Oh, and well, because I'm an Enneagram 3, then clearly 
xyz or i'm an enneagram seven so therefore of course <laughs> abc and i was like well of course what what's the secret language that people seem to be talking about that i've got no clue so i started to do some research listen to some things it came up everywhere and i think it was one of those senses when you get that little nudge going jesus is going okay you know, keep following this, keep following this. And I did. So I did some online questionnaires about what Enneagram personality type I was. Um, disclaimer there, not a single online one has ever got it right. Um, there is one now that's a new one that I would, that I work with, but it's understanding who we are, how we created the motivations behind our behaviors. So not just how we behave, but what the motivation is. And it's an ancient system. It goes back hundreds and hundreds of years. So I'm not going to talk loads about that now, but I explored that really as a tool that I thought would be really useful to help myself understanding people that I was working with in my Arbonne business um, and that could help them. Um, and started looking at that around 2017, sort of that time. And then when when lockdown happened in 2020, two things. I was looking to go on a Christian retreat to a Christian retreat center just for a couple of days because the craziness of business was busy. The boys were both home. Everything was a bit full on. Um, and the place I wanted to go to, which was um, Ashburnham Place in Sussex on the South Coast, beautiful retreat center, um, was hosting a three-day Enneagram retreat on the exact only three days that I could fit to go. And so I went, explored that, loved it, signed up, trained. I've spent three years now studying this Enneagram of personality. Um, and the phrase that I talked about before we were talking about phrases, it's not specifically a biblical quote, but St. Catherine of Siena, who said, be who you were created to be and you'll set the world on fire. And it just made me realize how much time and energy and effort I've spent my entire life on the second part of that sentence, setting the world on fire. How do I set the world on fire? What do I do to make a big impact? How do I make a difference? What, what does, you know, what's the most, um, successful I could be or the way where I could go if you were if you understand the Enneagram and you do know anything about it I am an Enneagram three so that won't be a surprise but it just made me stop and go the first part of that sentence is be who you were created to be that's the secret so being true to ourselves God made us, you know, we are all wonderfully made, Psalm 39. You know, he knit us together in our mother's womb to be who we are. And and I think when we can start to discover that and be true to understanding the good and the bad parts, you know, the things that help us flow and thrive, the things that cause us stress and how and why that works in us and just recognizing that it might work differently in other people and people that we're in relationship with really has made a transformation. And this work has become something it was never expected to be. It was never intended to be a business or a whole new line of work, but it's just gone that way. And I've just trusted every step of the way, not making business plans or overthinking it, but just following the flow of that little nudge. Um, and again, another thing I'm looking up at my desk now and above my desk, I have multiple prayers and notes and things like that. One I say every day is, Lord, take me where you want me to go. Let me meet who you want me to meet. Tell me what you want me to say and keep me out of your way. 
that's one of my favorite prayers. Um, but the other quote is from Psalm 20, which is, may God grant your heart's desires and may all your plans succeed. That's great. But I think, again, if we focus on making our plans succeed, then it's missing the point. It's the what are our heart's desires and the things that are our heart's desires are there because we are made wonderfully, uniquely to be who we were created in God's name or in God's sight and presence. So working with the Enneagram now is is wonderful in terms of helping people in business and corporates and individuals understand what that might look like and how they can show up. Um, and again, along the same at the same time in that journey, I stopped dyeing my hair. <laughs> I've always I've dyed my hair since I was like 17 years old when I started finding gray hair. I'm very dark like you. I was very dark, um, but had this gray hair and I dyed it forever. And I just decided, well, what would it be like if it stopped? And like you said, I couldn't dye it because the hairdressers were closed. Um, and it took me a while and a whole progression. And I wanted to kind of track the progress. So I opened this little Instagram account called Jobo Silver Linings, um, looking at the silver linings and the, the stories, looking for support. And that's where this community has come from. And the three things really fit well together. You know, Arbon is all about health and well-being and helping people have choices in life if that's what they want to do. The Instagram, the Enneagram is more about, you know, understanding who we are and how that relates to us and to others. And the Silver Linings is just this beautiful community of women, some of whom we've met up. We've got weekends away planned. We meet in real life and um, we connect through this idea of being being true to who we are, um, you know, defying some of the maybe the the beauty standards or the what does age look like? Um, I always talk about aging gratefully um, and the positive aging and, and just appreciating being grateful for every year and every silver hair and and recognizing that, you know, what does beauty even look like in in this world? What about midlife and menopause and this whole next stage um, that you're not there? A lot of your listeners aren't there yet. But this empty nest phase is so feared, I think, by many women who have loved and devoted their time, you know, as as mothers or in that in that role. And what comes next? Well, what comes next is the joy of seeing your children becoming the adults that they were created to be. Um, and this whole next phase of going, well, maybe there's another plan for me. Maybe God's got another season for me to thrive in. And um, that's where that's where I'm going. <laughs> so I'm, I'm always a talker. You know me, Louise. <laughs> we need to probably wrap this up. That's why you're perfect on here. <laughs> you, and you're you're having so much fun, Joanne. Yes. I'm having fun. I'm having so much fun. I've got a big event tomorrow, which is a, a half day workshop in a big corporation in in London. And that's with my mentor. So actually, the the woman who's just this most wonderful Enneagram teacher and is, is experienced in this has brought me in and we're now working together um sharing this into workplaces but my one of my heart's desires so if anyone is listening is that i do want to do this corporate work but i know that the enneagram is widely used within churches because it's seen as this tool um, it was handed down as through traditions through monasteries for years and years and years centuries um 
And so the church does embrace it. A lot of um, people in my training courses are Christians and working within a church leadership roles. Um, so I'd love to be able to do some of this work into church teams yeah. and leadership groups as well. So that's a bit of the stuff. I am. Um, I I paid to do my Enneagram years ago. Did you? Before. Yeah. Like, obviously, if I was going to do it again, I would do it through you. <laughs> but when the Americans started talking about it that we work yeah, with, yeah. again, like, you, yeah, I'm like, well, I know these people and they're not crazy and this is fascinating and maybe if I can find out a little bit more about what goes on between the ears like up in my giant Swede then I can you know use it to, to, to benefit so um yeah I went away and I, I paid to get it to get it done um what what type do you think I am do you know what I've asked you this before and I don't think we've talked about it I I would I think maybe there's a four or a five in there with you what did it come out I'm a four a four yeah yeah four would be, yeah. yeah four with a five wing is how I am well yeah I reckon it's weird because I think I need a, an actual human to do it with me because I it came out we can do that just joint. just free offer here we can do that let's oh really yeah let's oh, okay. put the time in absolutely okay yeah it came out joint so four and nine but okay. to you that's trained in it is that are you automatically like that's impossible no it's not impossible but they're in two different centers of the enneagram which looks at you know are you is your default center your heart and how you feel and that connection and that relationship connection whereas that's the four the four is the um individualist the artistic the creative um really feels those emotions so do you spend a lot of time in your inner world feeling things 110 percent yeah and is there sometimes a sense that you might feel you might feel there's something missing you're always looking there's a little longing in you for oh, the not not from a material stuff but just the sense that you're particularly special and maybe don't people don't see the world you're in i feel I feel a, a lot of the times like the odd one out in a room and I don't really right. know why. Um, whether that's with family, like even with my my husband's family, like they're all, oh my goodness, they, you can ask for a more mm. amazing family. But often when I sit in the room with them, I feel like the odd one out, like there's something a bit wrong with me. Okay, but well, we can work on that. But it's, it's just the different thing. But that's a very four trait, actually. And I've met your family because I was at your wedding and they're absolutely wonderful, aren't they? Um, yeah, they're lovely. Um, I'm truly myself with my own yeah. family. Like, that's where I'm just myself and probably the parts of my personality that I don't like come out more because I'm completely comfortable. But I do spend, as my husband would say, Louise, if you would just get out of your own mm. head... And, and he and sometimes people will say that you're in your head and it might not be your head that but it's just it's that internal world which is more of the heart and the emotions and feeling things rather than overthinking it the nine the nine is the peacemaker and I do see that in you the peacemaker the mediator um the one that will go along with others and often not say what they think or what they want because they want to keep everyone else happy yeah um, and I can see that in you but I think uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it more, but I think the four is more. That's exciting. That's exciting. Oh, let's yeah. take you off on that. I think the Enneagram is fascinating and I can't wait to chat to you yeah. more about it and, you know, use a human as, as opposed to the, the corporation. <laughs> um, but where can people listening to this find you? Whether they are on their own silver journey, whether they are empty nesters, whether they just think, do you know what? 
I would love some more Christian friends in my life and Joanne seems lovely or whether they would like to book your services for corporate or individual use to go through the Enneagram process. Where can people find Joanne Bonnet? Okay, so as always, these things are in, in flow and being updated, but my website is joannebonnet.com. So that will, whether it's the most up-to-date version or not, it's going to have all the ways to contact me on there. Um, so joannebonnet.com and my email, just send me an email because I'm just, you know, happy to chat. Instagram, um, I've got two Instagram accounts that I think um, people could connect with. The one that's the busier one that I'm on more often is Jobo underscore silver underscore linings. So Jobo silver linings. Joanne Bonnet is my name. And funnily enough, people started calling me Jobo in a corporate environment years and years and years ago, and it's kind of stuck. <laughs> so I do use that as well. Um, but from there, you'll find there is a link. I've got um, an Enneagram Instagram. I'm getting better at updating stuff on there, but you can definitely yeah. reach out and connect with me there. I'll make sure I put all of those things in the show notes. So if you're listening to this, just go on to the show notes section, wherever you listen to your podcast or on the Captivate website, and you'll see all the hyperlinks that will take you direct to Joanne there. And if you know the other Joe that we spoke about in this podcast <laughs> that went to Hall University, daughter of a vicar, and saved Joanne from a life of drugs and debauchery, <laughs> then <laughs> reach out. Thank goodness. Oh, my goodness. Um Thank goodness yeah well listen like we used to say in Arbonne I'm going to get on it like a Joe Bonnet and I need to scurry away yeah and crack on the things I've got to do today and so do you but thank you so much for being on here today Joanne thank you for having me I think we haven't talked about a lot of the stuff I thought we were going to talk about we've talked about some different things but you know this is what is so exciting when you can have these conversations. You go, well, maybe. And I just, my prayer is that there's something I've said that sparked a little curiosity bubble in someone's head yeah. that makes them go, I just want to reach out. And, and you know, I know it's weird when you listen to people in podcast land, but we're really real approachable people, both Louise and I. Yeah. So if you were to send either of us a message and say, hey, there was just this thing you said, could we have a chat? Yeah. I know that we'd be up for it. I mean, obviously, you're going to have 17 million people listening to this podcast at some point. So we maybe will need to manage that. But right now, we'd love to chat and hear from you. <laughs> love to chat. And I'm going to go and put the information about the Alpha course into the show notes as well. So thanks for giving me the nudge about that. But yeah. thank you so much, Joanne. That is 40 minutes on the nose. Ah. And that is a perfect amount of time for a podcast. So we'll leave it there. Thank you. Take care. Bye. So if you haven't already, please subscribe and leave a review or even email me with anything you think I could do to make this podcast better. I'm totally open to hearing feedback and ideas. Every single week, I am emailing out a bit of an encouraging newsletter. These are going to change every week. Sometimes it's going to be thoughts that God has put in my heart. Sometimes it's going to just be maybe a series of funny stories or life hacks or things that I find helpful. Either way, it's a great way for us to connect and I would love to have you on the subscribers list. So make sure to do that. Have a lovely week praying for God's protection over you as you just go about your business and I'll see you again. Bye.